Thank you, Madam Chair. Ani Bojo, Giwaden Nagabo Queen Dishnikas, Ganushnikani Nindonjaba. My name is the woman who stands in the north. My English name is Whitney Grabell, and my voice first sounded at Place of the Pike, also known as Bay Mills Indian Community, which is an Ojibwe tribal nation located on Lake Superior in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Bay Mills Indian Community has signed multiple treaties with the United States and in 1936 was federally recognized and has maintained civil and criminal jurisdiction with the federal government on behalf of its citizens. I am appearing before the subcommittee in my capacity as president to speak on behalf of the questions, concerns, and issues we have already encountered due to the United States Supreme Court ruling in Oklahoma v. Castro Huerta and encourage the United States to work together to resolve the issues presented by this ruling. As discussed by others providing testimony today, the Supreme Court in Castro Huerta caused reverberating shocks throughout Indian country as it overturned long-held legal precedent. Without question, it is important to start with the premise that any tribal nation's first duty since time immemorial has always been to protect and safeguard our citizens, our people. A crime against one person is an offense against the people and the sovereign laws of our government. Our sovereignty and duty to protect, operate and large part to safeguard that political integrity, economic security and the health and welfare of our tribal nation. Nothing is more important or vital to the health and survival of our people and each tribal nation retains and exercises those powers in order to enforce our internal criminal and civil laws. In pursuit of this, Bay Mills Indian community has executed cross deputation agreements special law enforcement cards with the Bureau of Indian Affairs and executed a formal agreement with the Chippewa County Jail nearby in order to meet the goals on behalf of our nation. However, we all know that tribal nations, although make up a small percentage of the population, continue to suffer disproportional rates of crime. And this is partly due to the fact that the history of violence against Native people is convoluted by the complex jurisdictional scheme that exists for tribal nations in the United States. The ruling in Castro Huerta does little to solve these complex jurisdictional schemes and only contributes to this problem. It also adds an additional barrier for tribal nations to navigate and overcome. More so, the implications of Castro Huerta go much further and now cast doubt on any federal law that exists, including its application in Indian country. This may include permitting requirements and regulations, control of land or natural resources, and most of all, how tribal nations will continue to seek justice for our citizens. This ruling subsumes us to litigation to determine what applies and what doesn't. To bring the concrete example that we are concerned about in the Great Lakes that could implicate criminal and non-criminal matters, concerning businesses like extractive industries where tribal nations are targeted and exploited. In the Great Lakes region, both Bay Mills Indian Community and the Bad River Band of Lake Superior Chippewa are involved in litigation against a private corporation, Embridge Energy, in which the Line 5 dual pipelines and proposed tunnel project may impact treaty lands and reservation lands. Because business practices should take into consideration the standards of tribal nations, Without adherence to those set standards, tribal nations and development projects like this may lead to more violence and conflict and take advantage of land held by tribal nations for another's profit. Once what, what was once previously federal or tribal standards are now too questioned by Castro Huerta. There has been one solution presented 
in which a tribal nation could look at another set of agreements with a local county to authorize the appointment of a qualified tribal prosecutor to assist in prosecuting state offenses committed within that tribal nation's reservation. However, that solution also raises more concerns because despite these agreements, a tribal nation would still continue to rely on their sovereignty for execution. And it does not come without the questions of, if a state prosecutes a crime in Indian country, do they too pay for the costs? Do they pay for the jail fees? Does the tribe in seeking justice for their nation, how would each sovereign hold one another accountable? Furthermore, in order to pursue such an agreement as the one described, it, re it would require a good working relationship with any party, which is not always determined by any set person. For example, in the state of Michigan, local county sheriffs and county prosecutors are carved out as an independent state actor and thus not subject to review or guidance by the governor or attorney general. In closing remarks, tribal nations have negotiated treaties with the United States of America and not the several states. The United States should not stay silent and let states set domestic policy with tribal nations. I humble, humbly ask that the United States Congress develop a Castro Huerta fix. Thank you, Madam Chair and Subcommittee for the opportunity to speak and share these concerns with you today. I am available for further questions. Thank you. Thank you very much, President Gravel. The Chair now recognizes the Honorable Terry Gobin, who is the Chair of the Tulalip Tribes. 